Welcome to Eddie's Rugby Banter. It's the podcast about rugby, the holiday edition. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas is only three weeks away, but in this time of rugby lessness, fuck, that's bad. I know this Pro 14. Uh, we are here to get you through the holidays. So on today, Sunday, December 8th, uh, we're going to be talking about a topic that's very much close to our hearts and that really makes us angry because we have to talk about the Six Nations. And being angry here with me today, uh, very briefly, because I know Alex, you have to shoot off. Uh, it's Alex in Cape Town. How are you, Alex? Uh, I'm good. Sorry, I'm eating a cupcake. Um, are you always so eating? Is it, a, is it a Christmas cupcake, or is it a bit early in December for a Christmas cupcake? Yeah. Um, or was it a mince pie? It's not a Christmas cupcake. Mince hmm. pie. We, we had an early Christmas party um, combined with someone's birthday yesterday, and there were cupcakes left over, so I, I took one home and I put it in the fridge, and then I just remembered about it before we started recording, so I went and got it. And I was, I was, I was kind of banking, I was banking on not being introduced first, so I thought I, thought I could get it done before then. <laughs> classic, a classic Adam. Uh, Matt, um, how are you? Yeah. Sorry, Alex. Um, I'm good. I don't want to be very bad news, but I don't want to call you out on the fact that the Pro 14 went on hiatus from the 30th of November, and they're only going to come back just before Christmas, late December. So there's no Pro 14 this weekend of the 8th of December. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but the, the it's still, it's still running into December. <laughs> You must have noticed that we, we, have, we haven't been talking about the Cheetahs and the Kings for the last two weeks, Adam. Yeah. Or the last Yeah, but... Right, you must have picked that up. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean... To be fair... <laughs> no, to be fair, it's just classic details, to yeah. be honest. Uh, ben, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, Adam. Uh, yeah, obviously not, not super happy about the... The, the lack of rugby we got going on but yeah um, just December's a it's a good time in Mauritius it's pretty hot but it's lots of fun yeah um, I was actually going to ask you about the weather but it's always hot so yeah no but it's fucking unplayable <laughs> if anyone um, you anyone fancying a bit of Mauritius tourism advice November December January February it's proper hot like I mean summer yeah so be, be, be cautious when you're coming to Mauritius. October, October is a nice time. The weather is pretty predictable, Mauritius. Like, you, you could have asked Ben a month, a month ago, what the weather was going to be like today, and he still would have been able. To <laughs> I talk should ask Ben when he's here in Joburg. <laughs> yeah, if you ask, if you ask me, say hypothetically on the 10th of November, yeah. what the yeah. weather would be like on December 8th, yeah, I, I would be able, be able to. to I would be able to tell you the the, the yeah. weather on December 8th. Yeah, yeah oh. I'm pretty sure the weather for me today, December the 8th might be my first snow of the season. Oh, wow. Okay, well, yeah. I can't wait until you open your... What do you mean might be? Just look out the window and see. Is there snow, it's man? It's dark now, but we always, we always record at night, so I can't see outside. <laughs> okay. But there, there wasn't snow before it got dark, eh? No, no, no. As far as I understand, before it got dark on the day we record this episode, there wasn't snow. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I've just... I've I think just... we made that... We've made that as clear as it can be. Yeah, I've just come yeah. back from my cousin's wedding, which was on December seventh, in in Plet, uh, which was it was a very good it was a very good party. Uh, Fuck, that would have been a nightmare. I'm so sorry. I'm a little I'm probably I'm, I'm I'm a little slow from the plane plane uh, 
dried Jesus I was going to say <laughs> the flight the flight the flight is the word you're looking yeah, for um, okay let's get let's get straight into the meat of it Adam I'm impressed with you I'm, in, I'm super impressed because this is, I think this is the first wedding that you're actually recording the day after of. I know, normally... Yeah, normally that's have, never happened before, normally, yeah. normally, normally, <laughs> Adam, how, how is this happening? Are you still drunk? Um, yeah, like, possibly. Because normally we're part of... This, is the, this would fall in your three-day hiatus hangover. Yeah, well, it's like true. The, like the Pro 14 is on hiatus. It's a similar concept. No, no, no. no. Like, have you, changed, but, but have you changed anything? Like, how are you doing this? It's guys. It's uh, are you thing. are you having are you having a dry December, Adam? Because that's fucking depressing. Fuck no. That's the only that's the only explanation for why you are possibly recording the day after your your wedding that you had to go to on the seventh of December. Because if you're having a dry December, no, which is really impressive. I, I, I don't I don't like being hungover. So um, okay. no, but Adam, why, why wouldn't you get drunk to honor your cousin's wedding? Do you not dig the guy? No, I do, I do. But look, Oaks, there was pro. First, first of all, there was pro fourteen last week. All right, where the cheaters, um, they they played Osprey <laughs> away, and the Kings they ended up playing Osprey last I think, week. I think we covered we covered I, I, that in enough detail last I, week. I, I, I'm just this. okay. I'll just say no, no. It's um, I, I don't. The Kings get, picked up like this. I don't get hammered drunk went. every time I go to a wedding, guys. <laughs> So, you Adam, can Adam, have a drink every time you go to a wedding. No, that's just, all I've I ever heard you do at wedding. understand. You don't get hammer drunk. You drink a wine and then you have to sleep it off for the next three days. No, 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 guys. <laughs> I, 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 I just hang really badly. That's all. Okay, anyway, moving on to more important matters. The focus of this episode today, given the lack of rugby, it is how do we narrow the gap between the first and second tier? We have really, I know in December, I mean, excuse me, in November we heard about how the rugby nations of the world were chatting about a world league and pretty much the same concept that world rugby had pitched earlier this year except without promotion and relegation so it's a closed club with all the 12 tiers but also i think i know from our episode on, on, on november 10th <laughs> wrapping up the rugby world cup we made mention of uruguay that they were probably one of the surprise packages of the tournament when they beat fiji uh squid squid rapies videos just on what uruguay have done been very interesting. Georgia played well. Namibia also they were robbed of their big match against Canada. So uh, Ben, I'll start with you. I guess we'll. I'll, two questions. Uh, I, I thought we were gonna. I thought we were gonna start with Alex because doesn't he have to yeah. get his mom back to his mother-in-law back to Namibia by uh, Christmas? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Because yeah. uh, so, okay. and also remember, remember. Oh fuck! It was like a month ago. But didn't you make a? You made a, a note, note about it, Alex. Like just yeah. look, look back on your pad and. No, rifle, did, what did I say? Rifle through your pages. Rifle through your pages. Yo, this is fucking classic Todd. It's heat of the moment. Hang on. So wait, what do you guys say? No, no, but you're, you're like, no, I'm going to save it for this episode. Remember yeah. about yeah. World, we World League or some, some yeah, shit about that. Okay, okay, hang on. I got my papers. Hang on, hang on. That's Dota stuff. What? Why? Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. That was ages he ago. Keeps, Jeez. Okay. He keeps wins. No, paper, Adam. This is why he's getting was... a bit. That's why he's getting a bit better. Do details? Are you, are you taking notes on this? I are am. You I, found, it? I am. I found it, guys. I found it. So are you actually? Are you? I'd actually completely forgotten about this. Okay, so so what I wanted to say. Um, all right. So it's in, in a way, it's a bit of a devil's advocate position. Um, to what even I've said previously, but what I, I suspect our overall message is going to be in today, um, today's episode on the 8th of, de- of December. Hmm. And I think, so we keep saying, you know, teams like Georgia are ready f- to be in the Six Nations. 
teams like Japan are ready to be in the the Four Nations or the, the Rugby Championship. And like, you know, Uruguay beating Fiji, Japan beating Ireland, like the gap is narrowing between tier one and tier two. Like and but at the same time, I kind of feel like the gap hasn't narrowed enough for us to just pretend like like we can introduce Georgia just to like parachute them into the Six Nations instead of Italy and expect them to do any better. They'll, they'll like they won't necessarily do worse, but I don't think that they've got the right development to actually perform at that level, to be honest. Yeah. So what I was going to say, yet, yeah, and that's my point, right? So what I was going to say is we actually have a lot of foundation building that needs to happen in world rugby before we can get to the point where we actually transition teams successfully from tier two to tier one. Um, Japan is kind of the poster boy for this. Like everyone's been talking since the Rugby World Cup, which was like you know six weeks ago now, about how Japan are like really you know they're they're like a top eight team in the world. They're ready to go big time in rugby championship or Six Nations or whatever. But the reality is that that did not come very easily to Japan. They've invested an enormous amount of money into their rugby program, into the top, what is it? The, what's the top? I want to say top 14. I know that's France. Top uh, league. Top I league. think they just call top themselves league, yeah. the top league. The top league. Um, and, of course, like lest we forget, they were quite aggressive about recruiting players from other countries. So, you know, when you look at the Japanese rugby team, it's not super representative of Japanese rugby, yeah. if, we're, if we're completely honest with ourselves. Um, yeah. And they're the outliers. So when you look at, like, Uruguay and Georgia, who are probably, like, two of the next best Tier 2 nations, um, like, they're nowhere close. Like, they don't have the players to be able to compete on a regular basis. Like, they feed off these outlier victories against, uh, you know, against, like, Fiji, etc. Fiji, by the way, I consider to be a Tier 1 team. I, I consider Fiji to be a Tier 1 rugby nation. I don't think they get treated the way they, sh- they should by World Rugby. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just, I think that we, we, we're too quick to rush into superficial changes and, like, inclusion in tournaments and that kind of thing when we should be looking at, like, what is it that underpins a country's long-term, not just rugby success, but financial sustainability. Because parachuting Uruguay into the rugby championship isn't going to solve Uruguay rugby. Mm. They still they need the money to get players developed locally who... And they're doing it. Like, they've got a lot of guys playing, like, Major League Rugby in the U.S. and playing in in, uh, in Europe. And, like, that's how you get to, this, to the level that Japan's at. And if you can do that over a sustained period for, like, 10 years then you'll be good enough to beat a team like Italy regularly. And then no one can deny that you ought to be in the Six Nations on your own merit. And at that point, you, if you introduce like a promotion relegation system, it'll actually work. Because currently, all that's going to happen is you're going to include Georgia at, at um, Italy's expense. They're going to lose all their games. They're going to get demoted. And Italy's going to be right back in it. And then probably if you have promotion relegation games... I still think Italy will beat Georgia in promotion relegation matches, just just by virtue of the fact that they regularly play better teams. So it's just it's like you're not going to change any of the actual outcomes. So it's not enough to change like the mechanisms and the placements. It's going to be like when we included the Lions in uh, when we sorry when we kicked the Lions out for the Kings, and then as soon as we had promotion relegation, the Kings got relegated again, and then we had to expand the whole Super Rugby to justify them because they couldn't they couldn't make it on their own merit. 
And like, I think that's what's going to happen. If we don't invest in development, which is what the Kings kind of failed to do, and which, which they're doing really successfully now, then whatever changes we make to the system as a whole are just going to be very hollow and won't really improve rugby as a whole. Yeah, uh, the, that, the, the Kings are on one hell of a winning streak at the moment, so yeah, keep on, on. On that note, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to excuse myself from the episode. Thank you very much, guys. Cool. Um, I'm actually going to. I'm, I'm actually starting my Christmas dinner prep. Um, I know it's a bit early, but we've got we've got big plans. So I'm going to go. Well, ahead. I mean, is it is it, is it oxtail? Are you gonna are you gonna cook a three week oxtail? Cook it on forty degrees for three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it in the sun. I'm just going to leave yeah, it in the sun. Leave it outside for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Sorry I couldn't stay for longer. Um, I look forward to hearing your guys' side of the story. Um, yeah. All the best. Cool. Cheers. Yeah. Um, so do we just agree with him and then hang up the call and call it an episode? Yeah, no, no, no. I think there's <laughs> no, more to discuss. I think one thing we have to, we have to address is the gap has been closed to some extent. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because we, we went from, say, hypothetically, Japan in 1995 lost, I think it was 140-odd nil to New Zealand. Yeah. From now, now they okay, they're not beating New Zealand, but that definitely wouldn't be the result now. No, so there, there, ha- there, has been a, there has been a narrowing of the gap between first and second tier. Yeah, I think I think it's happened in a few in a few different ways. Because to me, J- Japan has done it one through big investment in their internal leagues, yeah. and two through um, bringing in foreign players. Essentially, like yeah. I think we we are planning to have a we are planning to have an episode on that to discuss mm. the sort of because I know people I think, people I have different argue, opinions. Yeah, I think. I think Georgia, you can argue, has done the opposite of Japan in that they send all their players to go play in foreign leagues outside. Yeah, in foreign leagues, and then they sort of bring them back. So, so that's yeah. that's another way. To me, the the island nations, especially Samoa and Tonga, they've actually got weaker in the last ten years. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely, especially Tonga. Tonga's fallen in the last little while. Yeah, so so I would I would say that's basically because they don't have kind of anything. So they don't have a good internal league, and then they send their players away, but those players don't really seem to come back. I was going to say their players that get sent away are the ones that we've seen sort of in the last, let's say, 18 months. I think that catches Nadolo. They the players that have now announced that they're retiring from international rugby. Yeah, but but then then, then there was also that thing where it was like when um, Australia was playing Fiji, there were like 30 people born in Fiji in the squads or something. Mm. So it's like mm. so 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 that that's a, that's another problem that the that first tier nations aren't really they do they want. Because do they want Fiji to be a feasible side to play for? To be honest. Yeah, they, yeah. Because and then where's Australia? Yeah, where's Australia going to get their backline if they essentially yeah. just if they turn? Yeah. Fiji so so if now if Fiji was a powerhouse and they had structures where you could you could earn a good living and still play for Fiji, yeah. would that would that benefit would that benefit Australia? Would that benefit New Zealand? Would that benefit? I think it does. Japan, like. I think it hurts Australia the most 
Japan as well is probably second. It doesn't hurt New Zealand as much as everyone wants it to hurt New Zealand. To that narrative that New Zealand yeah, there, there, is a, there is a bit of a narrative there that I don't think is substantiated. Yeah, I remember it actually came out that there were more, like, more of the Samoan team were actually born in New Zealand than were born in Samoa or something like that. Yeah, like, there was a, there was actually, yeah, like, there's, like, a lot of second-generation cats playing that way and that, essentially. Yeah, yeah so I, I think what, what we need to kind of uh, pinpoint now is what, what are the what are the the positive growth factors of second tier rugby? What should second tier rugby teams be looking to do to get to the level like like Japan has achieved now? And how can how can world rugby help facilitate that? Yeah, this is, can I make a quick quick suggestion? This is going to be my simplest band aid for this. Second tier teams need to play more international tests. Yeah. And well, and the easiest way for world rugby to do that—it's the easiest, simplest way. It's not necessarily the most financially viable, and that's for world rugby to subsidise the tier two teams when or and this subsidise matches where tier two teams play against tier one teams specifically, so that there is in, there's a sort of a financial encouragement, but for for the tier one teams to actually, you know, step out and play because. That is going to generate. I mean, now it might be a bit of a bit of a shitstorm, but it will generate over time a bit of a more interest in the tier two teams, and that if our guys are going there to play against them every now and then. No, no, I, I, uh, I, I agree. I agree completely with that. But like, there, there is sort of. I agree that there's value in saying South Africa or New Zealand or whatever going to play a one-off test against Samoa or Tonga or, or, or Fiji or, or, or USA or whatever. But to to me, a one-off test pretty much a it's a very expensive exercise. I can imagine. Yeah, you, yeah that's you, you know, it's like going on like a like a three-day holiday. It's like a. But then at the other end of it, is there any reason why? To me, like South Africa playing a three-test series against Samoa is a complete waste of time. Yeah. yeah. So, but what we need to do as well, then, sort of, then I'm assuming is what we're arguing for is then the tier twos to get more time with each other. Because if we can, yeah, if we can but, get. But them I, more... I think I think we we seen that to some extent with uh, Pacific, Pacific Nations. But Pacific it. Nations Cup. It's only the Pacific Cup. I mean. What, fucking Georgia gets to play the rest of Europe when they're trying to qualify for the World Cup, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Georgia are very and, much and kind of like on their I'm, own. Huh? Georgia, Romania. Look, Romania didn't qualify for the World Cup now, essentially for administrative shit. Russia would. So we've got Georgia, Romania, Russia as three sort of Italian, sort of second-tier teams that are quite regularly in the World Cup, so to speak. Spain as well floating around there. So there's the Spain and Belgium weren't they because they were all part of the same. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind so, of but scam. I mean, but I mean, you argue Spain. I think has played in the World Cup before. Yeah, I think they've played one. Yeah. So, so I'm just sort of by just by virtue of have you played in the World Cup, then you can argue that you are second tier. And then I mean, you look, then you look at the Americas, Canada, the U.S., Uruguay. And who else is... I don't want to include Argentina because Argentina is going to be... Well, yeah, uh, Brazil then. Brazil, like, Brazil. they've... So there you've got four 
two four teams that two sets of four that aren't in the Pacific Nations. So you've got eight teams. No, no, um, Canada and USA are in Pacific Nations Cup. Yeah, every now and then. Yeah, okay, yeah, they are now. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, the the US is quite a funny one because people want to get the US involved in rugby. Yeah, and there are guys in the US that want to get involved too. But yeah, it's it's, it's such a small. Yeah, and, and, but to to me the US model is a bit similar to the Japanese model. Like they have quite a few non non uh, non US citizens, well non US born citizens in their team, do they? In the US, I don't think so actually. I'm not sure. Uh... Well, they got a few sort of Afrikaans names and and then a few sort of yeah. Fiji, uh, like Samoan, Fijian yeah, names. But... but are they like second generation? They've, they've also got like there is America Samoa, which so they are technically citizens. Okay, okay. Like there is yeah. an island America Samoa, so there are a lot of Pacific Islanders in that in the US's population group, so to speak. Yeah, just to go back to the point that you made about more test matches, that definitely needs to happen, and I do agree with Matt that what rugby needs to subsidize. It's an, I'm, I'm not quite sure what they do with the World Cup revenue. I think they, I know they always bleat on about, oh, it's the most financially successful World Cup rugby ever. This money goes to X, Y, and Z. I just look at what Uruguay have done um, and just investing in their own structures because if the internal management within a country's own union is poor, that doesn't really That's get That's also the problem. I mean, we're yeah. looking at the, what's his face now in the Pacific Islands? Samoa, they've had some issues. Uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, Samoa, there was some like dodgy, dodgy stuff going on yeah, there. Even, huh? even uh, yeah. in the United States, it hasn't been straightforward. In Canada, they've had some problems um, when they were splitting, when they sought to um, put the sevens players and the 15 aside guards in the same rugby program. Yeah, it, it is something I was thinking we should talk about. Is their like whole perception as of sevens as like a, like a gateway into into 15s. And it's really not, yeah. Because to me, it doesn't seem like that's happening. Like the US and Canada and Kenya. Um, Fiji, Kenya. These are Kenya, good sevens teams. I Kenya, Kenya, a bit hit and miss. Yeah, no, but I'm just going to mention now, Kenya a month ago, so around about the 10th of November, I think that weekend they yeah, qualified. That, that date keeps on, keeps on coming up. It's like these yeah. two episodes are like linked or something. Linked yeah. something. So they won yeah. a tournament, I think, Either that weekend, weekend before, I can't remember the Africa oh, tournament, and, and qualified for the Olympics next for next year, 2020 Olympics. That's and Zimbabwe cool. are playing. Zimbabwe have to play the repesh, repeshage or whatever. Repeshage. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess the main point is you need professional administrators to run the game. Um, I know with with SA Rugby. I'm sure there's hijinks always going on that we don't know about. But uh, look at Australia. Um, the fact that administratively they're struggling at the top, they're also competing against other sports. You really need things to be run properly. Even South African cricket over the last two months uh, has been a bit of a shit show from an administrator point of view. Uh, so if, if you don't have the right people, the right qualified individuals, and also the technical expertise that coaches can offer. I know Gary Gold's there in the United States, and... Um, We've been talking about the rise of them as a sleeping giants through the college system, where they have quite a lot of people playing rugby, and they're also a wealthy country, which helps. But look at Uruguay. Uh, physically, they're not the biggest, but they've, they've made the most of their resources. Population-wise, they have less people than New Zealand uh, as well. Um, so they've made the most of their resources, same as Namibia. 
to a certain extent. Like Namibia in a rugby rugby respect is tiny. Uh, so I, I agree with you. More games are the key, but also internally, where rugby, will, I think where World Rugby can step in is from you use the word Matt, from an administrator point of view, not necessarily parachuting people in, but ensuring that the basic structures are in place and also focusing on the right levels. Maybe school level they don't play, but if it's a club level. Uh, it's showing that each approach taken to each country is suitable for that country, for instance. So what do you work at school level, but maybe somewhere else they don't they don't play at school. You got to go to a club or something. Yeah, well, yeah. What do you, so, what do you guys think of like a like a buddy system sort of, where uh, like each like first first tier nation is kind of allocated like one or two second tier nations. That would be fun. And they say no, you have to you sort of look play. after them like you. Sh- like you know you share best practice you you help the administration you you train their coaches you run workshops you know like um and, and then world rugby sort of then can subs- you and then you're ultimately you 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 must play against them as well like say tw- once or twice a year or whatever so then like say um you say okay you pair you pair new zealand with kind of samoa or tonga you pair australia with same or maybe japan oh, i guess japan sort of first tier now Ben, I was gonna say you pair New Zealand with Australia, then we can cut out those other three Bledisloe games. Done. Yeah, no, then we can just get that out the way. Like, yeah, you know, then you pair South Bledis- Africa. Then you, uh, you know, you say okay, England and US, they have like the special relationship, whatever. Ireland and Canada, or, you know, just to kind of um, help Canada develop. Trump. Like, I know, I know, it's a bit unconventional, but like maybe that's the. That's the kind of thing they need because I I don't I think the problem is that oh, I guess it's a problem with the world now that people want results now you know it's yeah. like uh, you know you know because I don't think second tier nations should be looking to say 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 that their their goal shouldn't be okay next World Cup we want to win again it should be like okay in 2040 we want to come third in our World Cup group, or we want to, you know, get into the playoffs. And, like, th- th- those should be the kind of timelines they're working on, not, you know, it shouldn't be like, because uh, to me, Japan's growth model has been a bit, uh, well, the, the one side of it, it's kind of been a bit of, like, instant satisfaction, where they've been, like, they've kind of accelerated the process by getting foreign players. But what these teams should be looking to do is say, okay, we, we want to be competitive in the World Cup, in 20 years' time, what steps do we need to take to do that? Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. No, look, ideally, that's the plan. Like, what can we do to be competitive in 20 years down the line? That's ideally what you want. But the problem is you're never going to get investors to sign up for that. So that's why we're, something like World Rugby needs to step in because it shouldn't. that shouldn't be down to investors to manage. No, no. I like the idea of the buddy system, though. Whenever I saw, um, what was it, the Pampas 15, when they played in the now defunct Vodacom Cup, or... Um, well, they played in first division, essentially. They played in Yagoras 15. Yeah, I, I, I think there's merits in finding ways to include teams like New Zealand could include in the Mitra uh, 10 Cup. They can Mitra. include Mitra, <laughs> sorry, in the Mitra 10 Cup. That's for you, Nicola. They could they can include a uh, maybe a combined Fiji 15, a combined Samoa 15, or, or something of that nature at that level. So I, know, just... I know they meet the the Mitra 10 Cup. Why? Mitra. The Mitra 10 Cup is split 
in divisions. So even if they're in the second division, it's a good opportunity and they're geographically, well, the closest you can get to major rugby infrastructure. How did you... That's funny, yeah, because, I mean, New Zealand were the ones who said it's feasible for to put them in the in the uh, Super Rugby squad, uh, expansion, the Pacific Islanders team. Yeah, remember? Know. Yeah, I remember when the... Pacific... Remember, no, remember New Zealand said that. New Zealand was, did that huge feasibility study last year. Yeah, and then there was talk of bringing back Japan or something like that. I don't know. I, I, I think it's, I, I agree with Ben. No, I agree. No, don't, don't fuck around with the Super Rugby. But I'm just saying, hmm. maybe it's good for New Zealand to put their money where their mouth is and then put... A Pacific Islanders team in the, the Mitra 10 Cup. Oh, well, we could say the same though about the Six Nations, including Georgia. No, the Six Nations have never. Yeah, even... but, 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 but maybe maybe then the like like what we're saying is like maybe because because what Alex is saying and, and he is right to some extent yeah, yeah. like there's not going to be a lot of value just chucking Japan into the rugby championship or chucking Georgia into yeah. the Six Nations. Like, no, they're no, going to be whipping boys for many, many years. Yeah. Maybe it's better to say, okay, you acknowledge, you say, listen, Georgia, or, or you say, okay, listen, Georgia doesn't have a, or Fiji doesn't have a, a vibrant uh, a club scene, really. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not competitive. It's not super professional or whatever. I don't know Georgia might, yeah. to be honest, I don't know too much about Georgia. I think, yeah. You, they do you, you say, you, you say rather, okay, you speak to French top fourteen or even the French, the division two, and you say, listen, can we put two Georgian sides into this league? Yeah. Because, then yeah. rather, because then plus they will have all their other players playing internationally, and then. They're sort of the, the sort of the core of the team who are still based in Georgia. They will still be exposed to to um, good uh, a good level of club rugby. Yeah. Or you say, yeah, or you maybe even say, okay, can they can they go play in the English league or um, you know something like that? And then maybe then when they when they've kind of attained a, a more of a level, then you can say, okay, now now we can think about how is this going to filter through to the yeah, Georgian yeah, national yeah, side. No, almost, almost like the, the Jaguares and Argentina. It yeah, didn't really help them, but, um, yeah. yeah. But I think that was a different kettle of fish, why it didn't help them. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. I guess with, that's the Georgian example. But if you look at the rest of European rugby, all the shenanigans that went down in the Rugby World Cup qualification tournament. Players, playing yeah, but, eligible players, not helping yeah, but, themselves. But, but, but to, no, to no, me, no, that, no. to me, that's a that's a lack of professionalism. That's what that is. That, that's because it's, it's run by amateurs. That's why stuff like that's the happening. They played with guys who played, and then the, the then the teams, the other teams are like, oh no no fuck, um, our under twenty one side is actually our B side, and then they got nailed like that. That's what happened. Is that the guys they played played like under twenty ones in France. And somewhere else, and essentially went like Belgium and France are essentially neighbors. So I mean, fuck. If you're 21 in France, you're 21 in Belgium. You may as well be. So like the Belgians played like a couple of French under 21 players or something stupid, yeah. and then they got they got cut because France is like, oh no no no, the, the tw- under 21 side is technically France A. Yeah, yeah, but like it's it's weird. Like God, I don't even know how those how those yeah, well, things that's work. The thing. Like we can't even say that. And, but now you want to expect someone who's just got, who's as you said, an amateur, to try and understand. And yeah. So, but but what? So so what? What we sort of agree on is that it's not good just to chuck them in there. 
No, agreed, yeah. But, but at the same it's... time, it's, it's not good just to maintain the status quo. Like, they're not... Yeah. We need to we need and to find some proposal. way to boost, the their, like, is... boost their development, yeah. The current proposal is pure status quo. I'm sorry, it really is pure status quo. Like, yes, they're throwing Japan a bone, but fuck. That, that's really not. They throw all Japan and Fiji. They're throwing them a bone, but it's like the barest of tokens. Well, in a way, you've just also summed up half the problem is the willingness from the top revenue nations to actually change um, and give a shit about more than just money in this uh, in this sense and also the, the wildness of the games. But uh, that, it's not just the RFUs, it's the clubs, particularly within England and France, to be, to be blunt. Um, until they... Until it's made to be in their interest to broaden the game and yeah. that sort of thing, very little is going to change, unfortunately. And that's maybe why, the, maybe that's, that's what Saracens should have to do as community service. <laughs> they should have it's to take two, two Uruguayans, two Canadians, two Fijians. Actually, no, they can't have Fijians. Two Samoans, two Tongans, and they should have to uh, train them and pay them own feral salary. That seems fair. <laughs> we, we all agree? Good. Yeah. Let's send this proposal to <laughs> rugby. Um, yeah, guys. Yeah. Just, it, it yeah, is... So anyway, what 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 I'm saying mm. is that I think we should rather use the club systems like we've seen with the Pampas, with the Huagari, with the Sunwolves to Even develop the, the national teams. Even with the Wolverines. Yeah, with yeah, well, the Wolverines. Yeah, Namibia. Are, obviously, like there are sort of logistical constraints to that, but I don't think they're impossible to overcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we if World Rugby actually bothered to give a shit. They could have overcome that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, well, no, no, but like fucking schoolboys go on tour. Like Georgia, the Georgian could definitely organize two clubs to go to France. You know, everyone knows the whole of Europe is driving distance anyway. Much like Asia over here. Yeah, much like Asia. Why, you know, why doesn't everyone just meet in Hong Kong and just play massive tournaments? I'm going to say this: there are protests still ongoing in Hong Kong. Just saying. Oh, stop stop ruining my World Cup high, which I've been holding on to for six weeks, man. Currently, there are still protests in, on December the 8th in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, this, this is something else. Like, I, I was, like, just joking about it. But I, I think in terms of, like, um, like cost-saving and stuff, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm a big fan of single-venue tournaments. Oh, so, yeah. even... Yeah. Yeah, even yeah. if even if you say something like okay, say um, whatever England's coming to England's coming to play um, to play South Africa, you you say you invite say you invite Georgia or you invite the USA along to to that, yeah. and you say okay, um, so you say okay, so the USA proper team they can now play against um, some of the Super Rugby sides. And then they can each both have a game against the Springboks and England, which those teams can respectively use as their sort of warm-ups for the for the actual proper series. Are you just looping around the idea of the um, inevitable British and Irish Irish Lions test against Namibia when they go? Yeah, like well, we have been banging on again about this for the last like three weeks as well, like just non-stop. Huh? Um, but yeah, like British and Irish Lions should go to Namibia. We can all agree. No, but that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, why yeah, don't we almost we, we almost say it's kind of part of the deal when you come play South Africa, 
you play a game against Namibia as well. That's the least you can do. And then, no, but then also, like, say say you say, okay, England's coming, then they must bring their buddy, so they bring USA. USA uh, come to, they play one game against South Africa, they play one game against England, then they can play against whatever, the Stormers and the Sharks, then they could also go play against Namibia. I was going to say, can they also play Namibia, because that will do them a lot of favours. No, like, like, like I, I think this sort of tag-along thing, and all of these games can be, like, curtain raises to the Springbok games. yeah. So, you know, so there's no extra, they can't be like, oh, fuck, we have to, like, pay for security at a stadium. No, you don't. It's literally the game before. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a, that would be a good way to sort of include them, get them the, the sort of the the rugby we are talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so hmm. that's what I think on these things. Uh, I like do, it. Do, I like do, it. Do we, do we have anything, anything further? To, to add on this? Or we're going to call, mm. call it a day? Yeah, um, yeah, World Rugby must fucking pull their thumb out their ass. And, yeah, all, and all the clubs, please. Uh, the British and French yeah. clubs. Especially Saracens, you dirty fucks. Yeah, but I, I don't think, what these people don't realise is growing rugby is actually good for everyone, including the clubs. Because no, if you look about it, say say like say like the top football clubs in the world, like say 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 whatever, say Man United, they don't just make money in England, they make yeah. money ev- everywhere in the world. Like so, so they don't the clubs don't realize that if rugby became suddenly a sport that was played competitively by forty countries, by fifty countries, then yeah. suddenly. As the top clubs in the world, they would it would increase their their status as well. Yeah. It's people not being able to see past their own nose. That's the problem. What what we really need to do is get China involved. No, yeah, well if we get China and the US involved, then then we will shift units when it comes to merch, and then all of a sudden, everyone will be making so much money that we can afford to do this. Should World Rugby just announce support for the Hong Kong pro- uh, for um, China's no, side no, of the Hong Kong protest? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, don't say, China, don't say the Hong Kong because yeah. we don't want fucking we want Chinese support. We, sh- we should just World Rugby should just ban all images of Winnie the Pooh related to rugby somehow as well. Yeah, yeah, preemptively when we when we make our our, our children cartoon characters uh, fifteen, we. We won't have Vili, uh, Vili mm-hmm. LaRue. Winnie, it sounds quite similar, actually. Vin, Winnie the Vinnie Pooh. <laughs> and um, we won't have him at Loosehead, even though I think he would be an ideal candidate. He is an ideal shifter. Yeah, but... Yeah, you would have that, Dumbo, Dumbo at Tighthead, Winnie the Pooh at Loosehead. I reckon that's a hell of a scrum already. Yeah, but yeah, but we'll do but, but, but stick, that one solid. Yeah, stick, stick Baloo at lock, I reckon. Moogly at Scrum Half <laughs> Distribution, that's what I'm talking about. And on that part, yeah. you know, that's do you know speaking of so uh it's a lot uh blind side, Khan. Even eighth man Khan, eh? Ooh, he's got that like regalness for eighth man actually. Yeah. And, Yo, and, I, I think I think we need I think we need to make some some like criteria for this uh, before we before we jump in because like you know, there's so many cartoons these days. Like, I think yeah. we need to put some parameters in. But yeah, we'll we'll work on it. We'll work on this for yeah. a month and come back and jam on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. 
Um, no. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks, thanks, chaps. Uh, I know the holidays are approaching um, on this day of days, December 8th. Just for finding some time. So, uh, Ben, thank you very much for, for joining us. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, uh, oh, especially you, Adam. Shit, like, it's close to Christmas and you've just come back from that wedding. Yeah, so, I know. Well done for even being here. I know, dude. Yeah. And then, like, next week, um, I'm on leave. So, um... Fuck, where are you going to be dialing in from? Uh, yeah. No, not from home. <laughs> so, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be no, Adam, Adam, Ben, Adam's one of those Joburgers. He goes on leaves and stays in empty Joburg. Slacker, bro. Dig it. Well, I'm, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm wait, here until no, after no, Christmas. I fucked it up. Adam, Ben, I fucked it up. Adam is one of those Pretoria guys. Nah, he goes on leaves. Too late. Oh, the, the illusions, the illusions ended. Fuck. I can't believe I fucked it up in December. <laughs> I've got a whole month to fix it. Yeah, that's what happens, Matt. Uh, and just in, on December eighth, you don't pay attention. Didn't you know that? So, yeah. yep. December anyway, 8th what, a, what an iconic day I know. thank you for joining us Matt um, appreciate it yeah I'll probably see snow when I wake up in the morning on December the 9th <laughs> if you're happy listening thank you so much for listening to this podcast on December 8th and we will catch you next week and on December 15th uh, we're going to be having yeah. yeah we're going to be having a debate on foreign players uh, and we're hoping to. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try we're gonna try get um, Chris on because yeah. he's got he's oh, got a oh, vocal on. Opinions, yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. We will we will see you next week. Uh, we will be here with you throughout the holidays, just with shorter episodes. Um, so yeah, hope we can keep the fires burning uh, wherever you are holidaying around the world. Have a good one and take care.